Talking Broncos with Mile High Sports Cody Rourke on the Jim Davis Show. All right, time to get into the huddle. Covering the Broncos for Mile High Sports Radio, Cody Rourke joins us. Good morning, Cody. How are you? Jim, I'm doing well, my friend. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. So, Cody, clear something up for us. The, the Natani Muti signing by the Raiders off the Broncos practice squad. Muti played for the first time this season in Sunday's game against the Chiefs. Uh, Luke Wattenberg was just getting used and abused, and so he was in there at, at the at the guard spot with uh, with Reisner out. And now he's a Las Vegas Raider. How did this all happen? Take us through this. Uh, I, here's the wild thing about this, Jim. I have no idea what happened. Cause I thought Natani Muti played pretty well uh, against the Chiefs when he was in the game. Obviously, like he came out, he got the second series of the second half, but he stayed in a majority. He stayed in for the rest of the game after that. So I think that speaks volumes to maybe something that they were looking for. It's crazy enough is that the night before Monday night, I was at Kareem Jackson's shop with the Jock event, and Natani Muti was there, and he was having a good time with his teammates, having a good time with the youth that were there. And then all of a sudden, the next day, he's on a plane to Las Vegas. So the Raiders signed him off the practice squad. And I, I don't know if George Payton or the Broncos didn't anticipate something like this happening. I don't know if that means that they know that Dalton Reister is going to be back this week. But you lose a guy like Natani Muti, who at one point in training camp was getting first-team reps with the starters. This is a big loss, in my opinion. Like It's not going to be one that's like tangible that you're going to feel right away, but I feel like you're losing a key guy that I felt like could have been a true developmental player for the offensive line, and especially the Broncos' transition going into next year where the offensive line is expected to be entirely different at most positions. I felt like that Tani Muti was a guy who did have a chance to put his name in the hat there. Obviously, now that is not the case. as He's been signed away by the Las Vegas Raiders. On top of that, they placed Mike Boone on injured reserve. So part of me is thinking, okay, well, if he's on the practice squad and you're going to place Mike Boone on injured reserve, why not elevate Natani Muti to the 53-man roster at that point? So for me, I, Jim, I have no idea. This is going to be something I think we're going to ask Nathaniel Hackett about today. I'm eager to see what response we get. Yeah, I, I, it just makes no sense because I'm with you. I thought Muti played pretty well. And when they drafted him in the sixth round out of Fresno State, he was a guy who played some guard, played some tackle. Seemed like there was a, a future for Natani Muti, and it hasn't maybe developed the way we thought it would. But it, you know, I thought Muti played pretty well on Sunday and certainly better than Luke Wattenberg did at that spot. I, I, yeah, I just it's perplexing. And it's, it's not going to be the thing, oh, this is the thing that gets George Payton fired. But it's the kind of thing you just kind of – you arch your eyebrow a little bit, and it's like, mm, this is very curious. Why Why would they not protect him on an offensive line that really needs help right now with all the injuries and a guy that played pretty darn well on Sunday against the Chiefs? Yeah, I mean, these are these are the multitude of questions that uh, you know we're going to be asking heavily this week, especially if Dalton Reisner is unable to play on Sunday against the Arizona Cardinals. The bigger question that we have is, okay, well, who's it going to be? Because, you know, as you mentioned, Luke Wattenberg – struggled massively and right now the Wattenberg pick is not looking like a very good pick no. pick, even though it was kind of mid you know mid fifth round sixth round area it, it just does not look like a very good pick right now it's obviously one that can pan out but he's just he doesn't seem technically sound enough in a sense or he maybe he's not a good scheme fit or maybe you know like but he just physically got outmanned by the Kansas City Chiefs and granted they do that to a lot of people but you can't have that happen when Russell Wilson is your quarterback, you simply cannot take that gamble of just getting beat on the interior of the offensive line. That is a huge, huge issue. So 
that's another thing that we're going to have our eye on this week. And, and, you know, will Dalton Reisner return to practice? I know we'll find out here in just a few hours from Broncos head coach Nathaniel Hackett. He'll let us know uh, what the plan is. But, yeah, just, uh, you know, I was, I was at the AT&T store yesterday, and I was like, oh, I got the notification. I was like, wow. I'm like, this is horrible. Like, this is the guy that, you know, we wanted to see more. I, and I felt like at this point, Jim, like, you're sitting at 3-10. and 10. This is the perfect time to get these guys more playing. Yes. Time, see if they fit in their this plans. And now you lose a key guy that could have been that. And so, not ideal. Does Russell Wilson play Sunday? What do you think right now? How do you feel like it's trending? I mean, Hackett said the other day, he talked to him, he looked great. Russell's feeling great. You know, what else is he supposed to say? Are we going to see the battle um, of the backups on Sunday? Brett Rippon taking on Colt McCoy. I think that's what Broncos fans need to need to prepare for. I think it is going to be Brett Rippon versus Colt McCoy. I mean, with with everything that happened with Tua Tungo-Vailoa and, and what happened with him this year, when you see the, the replay and you see Russ, just the impact he has, not to mention the massive goose egg that yeah. that impact on the ground created, I, I would be very, very shocked if he played this week. And, you know, knowing the type of guy, here's the type of guy that Russell Wilson is. Jim, I've seen this in the locker room being around him. Even if he's banged up, he's going to try to play. Um, but when it comes to something like concussions, uh, you know, and everything like that, you, you can't rush that. You have to just go through the process. And the NFL, after the whole Tua thing on that Thursday night incident, they have really made it to where essentially you get put in a concussion protocol, you're essentially out for the next week, which I, I like. I mean, I'm I okay too. with that. I, I'm absolutely okay with that. Um, Russ, I think, showed us some things. Jim, I'm sure we'll dive into it. Russ right. showed us some things in that game that, you know, I think kind of tell you and I, like, okay, he – the, the, the bad rust that we've seen, that isn't truly who he is. Like, that's not who he can be because we saw the, a little bit of the old-school Russell Wilson in that uh, valiant comeback effort by the Broncos that you know ultimately fell short. Um, yeah, no, I don't think he's going to play this week. I think that it would be very, very shocking. It would have to be like a major miracle, I think, for him to play this week. Yeah, I watched some of Tim Jenkins' breakdown of Russell's game and felt like it was the best game he's played this season. What were things you liked about what you saw from Russell Wilson and is this maybe, hopefully, if you're if you're a Broncos fan, sign of things to come? Maybe not so much this season, but for 2023. Yeah, I, I felt like early on, I mean, he was using his legs a lot more. His mobility kind of looked back a little bit. And so part of me is wondering, like, okay, maybe like his lack of mobility was a hamstring issue or something like that that he was really dealing with. Because he didn't look as slow as he, he did for the first part of the season. Um, you know, I felt early on, I felt like he had missed Jalen Virgil. It was like a third and it was like a third and eighteen um, play that you know early on in that first quarter. Virgil kind of ran a little bit of a corner. Cornerback was underneath, kind of playing you know one of the crossing patterns coming underneath. I felt like he missed him on that scramble. He picked up fourteen on the scramble, um, but ultimately led to a punt. But after that, like after that interception, the pick six by Willie Gay. Unfortunately, two years in a row, Willie Gay's had an inter, uh, a, a defensive touchdown against the Broncos in Denver. Right? I mean, that just it sucks. It's terrible. Um, but after that pick six and. After Josie Jewell's first interception, Russ just got into this different mode. And you know what started it? Jerry Judy. He fed Jerry Judy the football. It was a 14-yard game. Then he had the 18-yard touchdown. And all of a sudden, the Broncos are kind of back in business a little bit. Then they get another interception, Patrick Sertan. And you get down there, and Jerry Judy gets another touchdown at that point. All of a sudden, it's like, hey, you got some momentum. 
Then coming out, I think the bigger question, Jim, coming out in that third quarter, okay, Denver's going to get the ball. Can they do anything with it? Can they build off the momentum that they had at the end of the second quarter? And then, you know, he finds Marlon Mack on a dump-off 66-yard touchdown run for him. And I was like, okay, this is energy. This is momentum, and Russ was doing that. Now, unfortunately, you know, they faced a second and 34. I thought he delivered a great football to Greg Dulcich across the middle who pulled it in for a little bit of a game. Then it was third and 11. And then Russ was wrapped up by a Chiefs defender on the play that we were talking about where he got a concussion. Russ was wrapped up, he shoulder-dipped, and he ran, used his legs. And I mean, he dove head first to try to get a touchdown on top of it. He picked up the first down, but unfortunately, you know, got knocked out of the game. You know, a scary thing to happen. But that's all heart, Jim. That's the, that's the guy who wants to win. And, and talking to players after the game, they were even saying, that, like, hey, that's the guy that put everything on the line to try to go get a win. Like, that's how Russ is. You know, the competitive nature of the fired-up spirit, we saw that. And I think that is something that is promising for the Broncos going into next year. Because there's been the the questions, the rumors about whether Russ has kind of lost this locker room a little bit, you know, the whole birthday party, the you know, nonsense and all that. You know, when, when he came out of the, of the tent in order to Brett Rippon after he threw the touchdown pass, I thought, that that's a classy moment that that nobody really ex- needed to expect, considering what Russ was going through at that moment, being being concussed, took a big hit. I, I think I, I think he does have this team, and he has his teammates more than I think most people, uh, you know, around the the country think that he does. Yeah, no, and that's it too. And everyone's like, "Oh, Russ has got his own office." Things like, like I, I see Russ in the locker room every every day, and he's he's with his teammates. You know, obviously he's like. He's the most popular guy on the team, and I think from like a media standpoint. So sometimes, like he's going in the back, he's hanging out with guys in the treatment room that are, you know, getting treatment. He's chatting them up. So it's like that—that's who Russ is. Russ is a, Russ is a generally good dude. Uh, Russ is himself. Like I don't think that Russell Wilson has come to Denver and has pretended to be somebody that he's absolutely not. Like Russ has been who he has been throughout his time playing football, especially going back to his days at Wisconsin. So. Uh, I haven't noticed anything different by that nature. But, yeah, I mean, I think that what you mentioned about him and Brett Rippon, like that, that, I think that says everything you need to know about what type of teammate Russell Wilson is. The fact that he's going to cheer on Brett and, hey, hats off to Brett for delivering a strike on fourth down right. to Jerry Judy for his third touchdown of the game. It's, you know, things like that. Like, that, that is great because how many times, Jim, do you see in a situation like that where – you know, player goes out, whether it be the injury, whether it be the benching, someone else comes in. Usually they're just like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to cheer on this guy. Like, he just took my job. It's like Brett Rippon has been, you know, very vocal about how much Russell Wilson has helped him and has been, you know, has meant to him. So uh, that's the stuff you love to see, honestly. You know, regardless, we can we can talk about how disappointing 3-10 and 10 is, how the season has not gone well. Like, nobody expected this. But, you know, I'm the type of guy that likes to look at things that you can build on, foundational things. And I think that there are some things that are there. But, Jim, it's going to require a lot of change this offseason. I imagine we're going to have a different offense. I imagine that there's going to be a different head coach. Um, there's going to be a lot of change here in Dove Valley. And it's going to be a very pressurized offseason for George Payton. Is there a path still available to Nathaniel Hackett to remain this team's head coach in 2023? Uh, I don't think there is at this point in time. You know, I, the the vibe is, and you can just tell, like for them to be down twenty seven nothing and to keep fighting, you know, Nathaniel Hackett. There's been these myths or narratives as well that he's lost the locker room, and and that simply isn't the case. Like these guys all love Nathaniel Hackett, but 
it, it was almost kind of like the Vance Joseph thing. Like you, you look at Vance Joseph, they love Vance Joseph, kind of what he stood for, you know, how he was as a coach, as a person. But like in terms of like winning games and, and rallying to be able to do that, it's just it, it's not working, and it's unfortunate at this point in time. It's unfortunate it hasn't worked for Nathaniel Hackett. I imagine he's probably going to end up going back to Green Bay next year, where he may take a year off because he's going to be getting paid if the Broncos do move on from him. He's going to be getting paid for another three years by Denver. So at that point in time, I mean, he just he can reevaluate things. He's a great coach, a great leader. Uh, unfortunately, it's not panning out in terms of wins, the stuff that you know everybody wants to see the most. Of course, reference Vance Joseph, former Broncos coach, uh, Cardinals defensive coordinator, leads the 21st-ranked uh, Cardinals defense into Empower Field a mile high on Sunday. Broncos taking on the Arizona Cardinals. And you talk about foundational things. I want to wrap it up with Jerry Judy, who did have the, the very emotional moment, uh, bumped into the official, was probably going to end up getting fined over that situation. But he had his best day in terms of touchdown production, three touchdown catches in that game. Kind of like with Russ, are we seeing some things foundationally, some things, Cody, we can be encouraged about in regard to Jerry Judy moving forward? Yeah, and, and I want anybody to listen to kind of like just to just to focus on this for a minute. Like the advanced analytics when Jerry Judy is targeted by any quarterback, Jim, on Denver is unbelievable. He's got a pat quarterbacks have a pass rating of 118 when targeting Jerry Judy, Jim. And and I, it goes to my frustration about earlier this year where Denver simply wasn't even looking to feature Jerry in the offense as much as they should. Like, Cortland Sutton has the most targets on the team. He's been force-fed. And quarterback's passer ratings when targeting Cortland Sutton is 72, Jim. Like, that's a, a drastic difference. Jerry Judy, I feel like, is probably the most special player on the offensive side of the ball from a talent standpoint, what he's able to do. He can play the X. He can play the slot. He can play the Z position. I think that even if Cortland Sutton comes back from his hamstring, you still need to do that with Jerry because he is the most productive guy that you have and he's already at a career high like he's got six touchdowns on the year Jim which doesn't seem like like for us thinking about the season like oh he's got six touchdowns that's crazy obviously three came in in this past Sunday's game but Jerry Judy is the most productive player on this team and everyone's like oh he struggles with drops we as 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 a society and I think Broncos fans have to get rid of this narrative about Jerry Judy because this is a narrative that really has applied to his rookie season and in particular one of the final games of his rookie season where he had five drops in one game yes it was a bad game but the drops have really not been an issue for Jerry Jerry doesn't even lead the team in drops this year it's Cortland Sutton who has eight drops on the year so I just think that we got to let go of some of those old rookie narratives that applied to Jerry. He's not that guy anymore, and he has a chance to be the number one wide receiver. In my opinion, Jim, if I'm Nathaniel Hackett, if I'm Clint Kubiak, I am force-feeding Jerry Judy the football for these final four games. I'm getting him at least eight or nine targets a game. I don't care how it goes. That's what I'm doing because he's the top dog inside that wide receiver room.